0: Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific time. Mountain time is 7.40, Texas time is 8.40, and Michigan and East Coast time is 9.40 in the morning. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on sound, S-O-U-N-D, cloud, C-L-O-U-D. That's an app that you can download. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and these calls will pop up. They are archived back more than nine years. The last several months, we've actually been putting in the topic of what was discussed during the call, as well as date and who the speaker was. So if you ever miss something or you want to go back and listen to something in particular, you can always go back and double check on those. If you get your um, podcast through a different service, if you put in Frank Lomas, TR 90, or Solutions, the Digit 4, Anti-Aging, they could well pop up as well. I guess Frank was saying yesterday that it's actually on the Apple Podcast that it pops up there. So that being said, I am Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, but a huge interest in both health and nutrition and exercise, in that I had grandparents that were not doing well when I was in high school, and I really didn't want to travel down the paths that they traveled down health-wise. And so I'm more into prevention than wanting to um, have the problems prop up and then try to deal with the problems and be reactive. With that being said, that TR90 program when you're first starting out is one really good clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. If you're a much larger person, you may want to consider adding a fourth meal with 30 grams or increasing the number of grams per your three meals just to make sure that you're getting in the requisite number of grams of protein. And it does not have to be animal protein. It can be Um, plant-based protein. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So Mm -hmm. if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. If you're in a very humid area or you are exercising heavily, um, you will need to increase that because you'll need to offset what you're losing during the exercise of the humidity due to perspiration. Seven to nine hours of rest daily, that seems to be the sweet spot where it's not too much sleep, but it's an enough sleep that your body gets what it needs. Um, if you're not able to if you're not at seven hours, you can start going to bed fifteen minutes earlier for a few days until your body gets accustomed to that and starts falling asleep sleep earlier, and then bump it up another 15 minutes until you're up to where you're in that 7 to 9 hour window. Sleep does a lot of things. It helps your body do several what I call system resets throughout your body to really make, help you make good choices. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables is another key part of this program. Uh, they give you macronutrients, micronutrients, fiber, because the closer you get to the source of your fruits and vegetables, the more fiber you get, and that keeps things moving through your system and really helps with the TR90 program. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. Um, Listening to Frank yesterday talking about walking, And walking is a great place to start because it it requires very little equipment. Um, You can start out with a pair of comfortable shoes and appropriate clothing, and that will make a huge difference. And start with wherever you're at and slowly build up to the 30 minutes if you're not able to do 30 minutes in one chunk. You can chunk it up into two 15-minute bouts or three 10-minute bouts, and working up to that um, 10,000 steps daily is really a great idea. One of our uh, other presenters on this call or hosts, uh, Dorcas, is constantly doing at least 10,000 steps daily and usually several flights of stairs as well. So we've talked about the water, we've talked about the exercise, we've talked about the fruits and vegetables, um, the basics of the program. And I am sharing, always looking for information to share with you that will help support that TR90 lifestyle because it is a lifestyle change. And the information today is coming out of a book that's called Fat Chance Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It's written by Robert H. Lustig, MD and MSL. And I shared with you yesterday what he considers some of his green choices are, which means those are your best choices um, versus the uh, processed shopping food list. And he also suggested that you go low sugar, high fiber, low omega-6s, low trans fats, and, so, and that which follows, follows a lot of what the TR-90 programs, program is in and of itself. As real food costs more than processed food, many will view these recommendations as paternalistic and pejorative against the poor. However, only 19% of all money spent on food in the United States is for food itself. The other 81% is for the packaging and marketing. This is one hell of an upcharge, especially on the poor. If and when all America gets tired of paying it, maybe the food industry will rethink its strategies. Occupy Nabisco, anyone? I just put that in the, um, parentheses and a question mark. In the meantime, they're going to ride the gravy train. So how to eat without cooking. Not everyone can and has time to, wants to, or knows how to cook. While these people are at a minor disadvantage in eating real food, it's not impossible. The first rule is stay out of the fast food restaurants at all costs. No good can come out of them. Beware of packaged products Even those claiming to be organic, many of them contain the same amount of sugar as their commercial counterparts. If you are buying a dish at a coffee coffee shop or diner, make sure it has something green in it. Second, don't buy anything you can eat while standing up because then you're not thinking about your food and you're likely using your hands, which means more processed carbohydrates and not utensils. Sit down, enjoy it, make it a meal. Third, make sure it has some sort of protein. Anything from sliced turkey to natural peanut butter is okay. (coughs) Just don't go for the baked good, which is just fat, carbohydrates, and sugar. And lastly, no smoothies or frappuccinos. And I think the reason for that is because there's a lot of sugar in both of those items. Unless you're making them yourself, and then you know how much sugar you're putting in them. How to survive a restaurant. This chapter is about controlling your food environment. Restaurants are the ultimate loss of control. You have no control over the, what goes into the food, portion sizes, how quickly the food arrives, or whether there are bread, or tortilla chips placed on the table before the meal. Plus, you must solve the immediate intellectual-emotional dilemma of volume versus taste versus price. No wonder buffets are so popular. So does this mean you can never go to a restaurant again? Portion sizes served at fast food restaurants have increased significantly since the 1970s. Sodas have increased by 49 calories, fries by 68 calories, and hamburgers by 97 calories. Frequent fast food eaters consume more calories per day on average than the non or infrequent fast food eaters. Pricing and packaging encourage larger portions. In an experimental restaurant set up setting, consumers who were served a larger portion ate 43% more. Children who eat at fast food restaurants twice a week increase their obesity risk by 60%, and those who frequent one three times a week increase it by 300%. There is a wide discrepancy between the number of calories consumers expect to find in a fast food meal and the number they actually consume. In addition, uh, customers overestimate the healthfulness of fast food items that carry health claims. While salads and apple dippers are on the McDonald's top ten list, along with the Big Mac and the French fries, most consumers are not able to actually access the true caloric value of these so-called healthy options. Lastly, even when they rate a serving as too large, people will finish larger a larger portion merely because they've already paid for it. Even having eaten more than they wanted, customers still see these extra value meals as a good deal. The rules for dealing with restaurants are very simple. One, if the food comes in a wrapper, the wrapper has more health benefits than the food. Fast food restaurants are the antithesis of real food. Whatever you do, don't order soda. Number three, ask the server not to put bread and chips on the table. And four, if, you're not al- if you've already had dessert this week, don't make this your second dessert. So what's the answer? Do we need to avoid restaurants and supermarkets like the plague? Do we need to eat what our ancestors did and issue all carbs? I would propose that all we need to do is eat safe carbs, which means low sugar to prevent insulin resistance, high fiber to reduce flux to the liver and prevent insulin hypersecretion, and while we're at it, eat safe fat, that is, real fat rather than the synthetic fat, such as trans fats, which can't be metabolized. Michael Pollan, <laughs> in his New York Times article... Unhappy meals exhorts us to eat food, not too much, and mostly plants. That's seven words. I'll reduce it to three. Eat real food. The not too much will take care of itself, and the mostly plants isn't a worry if you eat the plants as they came out of the ground or the animals who ate the food that came out of the ground because they ate plants. The point missing in the various diet plans just explained is that all real food is inherently good. It's what we do to the food that is bad. Keep the food intact, you can steam it, boil it, or grill it. Food processing is the Mr. Hyde of this obesity pandemic, and the way to reverse it is to do the opposite. Of course, this means major changes in the way that both we and the food industry do business. But remember, the early 1980s, the food industry had to overhaul its entire operation to adhere to the low-fat guidelines. It can do it again. One food industry executive told me, we can change with two provisos. We, we won't go it alone meaning that the rest of the industry will need to follow suit, and we can't lose money. Well, today both of those are non-starters. No doubt such changes would affect food prices, but it doesn't mean that everyone will have to pay more at the store. It all depends on how the U.S. government chooses to respond. The battle against obesity may, must be waged on two fronts at the individual level and at the public health level until the food industry the grocery industry and the restaurant industry realize that it is not in their best interest to provide our current processed food choices don't expect our global food environment to improve anytime soon educating yourself as to what's in your food and what it does to you is half of the battle to control your and your children's personal food environment. Educating government to improve everyone's food environment will be covered in detail coming up in future chapters. And that, I think, will be where I'm going to stop for today because altering your hormonal environment is actually the beginning of the next chapter. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. If you... Um, are looking to build a new skin business, and if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Wide at the top of the hour, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build an, your new skin business. With that, I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other, and I really wish you a great day. If you have any questions or comments about um, thoughts about future topics, feel free to share those as So there we go, my friends. Why we should be eating closer to the source of our food. Thank you, Susan. You're no, I have to feel guilty about all the times I take my uh, grandson to Whataburger because he wants a snack. Well, and you know, the thing is. It depends on if it's a fast food restaurant or if it's some place where you go and sit down and you don't have the wrappers. So, you know, that makes a huge difference, too, because it's more mindfulness being put into a regular restaurant rather than fast food places. Well, I know he eats well otherwise, so once in a while I guess you can uh, go off and, the- <laughs> <offices>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, once in a while it's not a bad thing, but you know, if it becomes more than once in a while then it's it starts becoming a huge problem. So we just need to keep that in mind. Well, with that being said, since we don't have any other question thoughts or whatever, I am gonna scoot off and get to the rest of my day. And hopefully get some exercise in out of doors, so I can get some of those extra endorphins from the great out of doors. And I wish everyone a great day. We'll be back here tomorrow for Miss Victoria. She's going to be sharing a lovely meditation to get our weekend off to a great start. Okay, guys. See you in the morning. Tomorrow morning. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. You too. Bye bye.